Welcome to the Upside Podcast, powered by Upside Global and hosted by Julian Blinn, founder and CEO of Upside Global. The Upside Podcast is listened to weekly by over 6,000 sports and tech executives from all sports leagues and teams in the United States and around the world. Julian has been developing technologies for professional sports teams for over 10 years and has worked for major tech companies along with sports tech startups. In each episode, Julian interviews global leaders in sports to share knowledge on emerging technology in the sports industry and how these technologies can help improve the performance of individuals and organizations both on and off the playing field. And now here's your host, Julian Blinn. So today we have the honor to interview again Dr. Ron Dick, Associate Professor for Sports Marketing at Duquesne University in the School of Business. Uh, as a reminder, Ron has worked for 20 years in sports, including 15 years in the NBA with the Sixers and the Nets and five years in the NCAA. So Ron, uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Julian. Excited to be with you today. Great. Thanks, Ron. Hey, there's a lot to cover uh, today. Uh, for example, in the NFL, we'll talk about obviously college football. Uh, we'll talk about the NFL uh, offering the voluntary buyout to more than 200 employees. Uh, we'll talk about Bill Belichick is out of the, you know, with the Patriots. Uh, we'll talk about Nick Saban retirement. Uh, we'll talk also about Tom Brady. Um, and in the NBA, we'll cover and talk about John Moran return, uh, the rookie of the year. Uh, we'll also talk about Draymond Green, the Miami Heat coach who signed a big contract. And then we'll talk about Mark Cuban. And then lastly, we'll talk about the Leave uh, Golf League and the PGA and Tiger Woods. And then lastly, we'll talk about the European soccer with Mpape. Where is he going to go? I think it's everybody's, everybody's guess right now. Sounds good? Sounds great, Julian. Okay, great. So, hey, the first topic uh, is about the NFL, right? So, uh, what's happening, and you know more than I do, uh, the NFL is offering voluntary buyouts to more than 200 employees. So, what's going on there right now? Well, I think they're trying to downsize. There may be some overlap in different departments, trying to save some money. But uh, the key word there was volunteer. Um, we have that in higher education all the time. People that are tenured faculty members are getting closer to retirement uh, and uh, bridge the gap to Social Security, bridge the gap to Medicare. And uh, yeah, they're offering to see if anybody would like to take it. It doesn't seem like anybody's being fired. The mm -hmm. NFL is doing very well in attendance, very well in TV ratings. They just, uh, that Chiefs game uh, was streamed and that was the highest streaming viewed event ever. Really? Yes, the one with the Chiefs just recently uh, where they played in that extremely cold game. So, uh, yeah, that that's, uh, you know, it's a cash cow. They're doing real well financially. I just think they want to downsize certain departments. And do you think so they're trying to do that to save cost and yes. improve their, their top line? I think definitely the balance sheet for sure. The uh, assets and liabilities and income, absolutely. Okay, well, that makes sense. I mean, any big corporations, right? I mean, Google, for example, just recently laid off uh, some people. Apple is, you know, relocating people to Austin. I mean, it's it's been happening over and over again. So it, it, it's no surprise then, you know, uh, to see that in, in sports as well. So, hey, the next topic I wanted to talk about is obviously Bill Belichick, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he is now out of the Patriots franchise. Now, funny enough, the next day, right? The Patriots announced uh, the new coach. It was very quick. But the quick question is, all I have for you is, what's Bill Belichick's legacy, right, with the Patriots? 
some say he's one of the best coaches ever. And then the second question is, where is he going to go? Is he going to go to maybe the Cowboys? You know, they lost yesterday. Uh, where is he going to go? So it, it, it this this whole uh, podcast, especially dealing with college football and NFL football, it seems it seems like retirement is the theme, and you have two different uh, the guys' view of it that are getting into their late sixties, early seventies. Nick mm-hmm. Saban um, is retired from Alabama and doesn't seem to want to coach again, and he certainly could. He did have a cup of coffee with the uh, Miami Dolphins, and that didn't do well. No one's saying recently. Recently, oh no, that was that was about fifteen years ago. uh, Oh, okay, fifteen years ago. So would he go into the NFL? No one's mentioning that. Uh, Mm. Bill Belichick, who's older than Nick Saban, absolutely says, "I want to keep working." I I just want to pause for a moment and say, both sides, I think, were really classy. Uh, Mm -hmm. The ownership did not make him. Uh, honor that one or two years left he had on his deal they also did not try to trade him there was a lot That's of talk correct. they could get a first or second round pick bill feels like he he wants to go somewhere else uh obviously he is if not the greatest uh head football coach in nfl history he's in the, he's one of them mm-hmm. and you know both sides you know got out of the deal even though he was on uh, he was under contract so that that was good where he'll end up I have no idea. I think the one thing that Nick Saban learned, his former assistant coach with the Browns, was that uh, you got to have a quarterback in place. If you don't have a good quarterback, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. So, because yeah. uh, that's what happened in Miami with the Dolphins, they missed out on Drew Brees, and you know he he just couldn't get over the hump with the Dolphins. Saban. So, mm-hmm. uh, I have no idea where he's going to go. I think he's going to study every situation. But you go to a place like Dallas, if Mike McCarthy would get released, there's people that say he's going to get picked up again. Um, There's people that say the Eagles coach, if they lose to Tampa Bay later today, he's going to get fired after going to the Super Bowl last year, which is stunning to me. Yeah. Uh, So he's going to study every situation and he'll probably be able to handpick wherever he wants to go. And, and, you know, it's 70 plus years old. That good for him. I think he's got lots of options, right? It's, it's, It's kind of a. He can go anywhere he wants to go. And like you said, they need to have a good quarterback, a good team, because he wants to win again, right? And, and, he, and he gets the right quarterback, he will. Uh, yeah. ob- obviously, they, they made a mistake in, in the quarterback position. And uh, retirement's an interesting thing. I've got a lot of friends that are retiring. You know, you get into your late 50s, early 60s, uh, certainly in the 70s. And, and, you know, when is the right time to retire? Uh, mm-hmm. I have no intentions to retire, but, but some people um, want to keep working and some people don't. I mean, it's really sad if the day you die is the day that you also retire, that you never had a chance to collect Social Security, which you paid into for 40 years. When you see these, sad, sadly, when some people die at 62 years old, they've been working for 40 or 44 years and uh, paid all that money into Social Security. You know, for every dollar we earn, we only get about 60 or 65 cents in this country. And one of the things that's taken out of our check is Social Security, so that it's there for the end. Um, not being able to travel, you know, not being able to be be comfortable financially. So you know, there's different takes on it. Some people lose their their purpose in life once they stop yeah. work, and and they get depressed. Uh, we see yeah. this with medical doctors that are just tremendous life savers in so many different. They lose their purpose, and uh, you know. 
have to deal with an army of shrinks to try to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. So, you know, that, and then there's other people that kind of they don't like their job or they're just OK with their job. They're thrilled in retirement yeah. and they, their day just seems to fill up with stuff to do. Like, what are you going to do the next day? You know, go rent an RV and, and go travel the United States. Are you going to travel the world, go to all seven continents? Like, what, what do you want to do? Uh, you want to be able to live comfortably. So though, these are questions that both Nick Saban and Bill Belichick look at differently, which I find very intriguing and interesting. Yeah, and that kind of reminds me of um, some people say sometimes when you pass 50, you're finished. I don't believe you're finished. <laughs> you got, you know, half of your, your life ahead of you. And I was, I was you know, I was watching well, a document, an interview the other day. Someone said at 50 years old, right? It's like a teenager with a credit card. It's fun, <laughs> right? Because kids are out of well, kids are out in college. They're you know yes. they're done. They're out of the house. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought it was funny. Well, yeah. these college kids they get really depressed because they're looking at prices of houses. They're looking at their tuition, their their debt, the debt that they have in tuition possibly, and uh, that brings them down a little bit. But and social media, of course. But it's. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I know we're all in the back nine. Once you're over 50, I mean, you'd be pretty naive to think you're not on the back nine of, of, a, of a golf course. I just hope we're more on on, on uh, maybe hole 12 or 13 and not 18. Right. But yeah. um, nobody gets out alive. But, you know, it's uh, it's not a matter of whether we're going to die or not. Is you know, did we get a chance to live? You know, that's the most important thing. But, yeah, I, I don't think you're washed up at 50. I, I think people got a lot of juice in the tank. Some people have still have uh, fuel in the tank. So I, I, I don't think it's over at 50. And they always say at 40, that's a great time to take inventory of where you are in life at 40 years old. You know, what, you know, so, you know, you finish off the back end of your life. But, hey, don't forget, people are living longer. You know, you wouldn't know it. You know, the average age, people talk about it. The average age of women is what, 82, 83, and men mm -hmm. is uh, 78 or 79. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, they're lived with modern medicine going into 2030, 2040, and beyond. They hopefully will have more people living to be 90 and, and 100. Yep, that's very true. Um, now, the next topic hey, I wanted to cover is obviously Tom Brady, right? Retired uh, a little while ago. He seems to enjoy his retirement, but now, there are reports saying that he's going to start working as a TV analyst in the fall. Do you think it's credible? And, and how do you think, how well do you think it's going to do? Well, we had done podcasts before where we talked about, he was offered, what was it? 30, 35 million a year to, to, yeah. to do that. Um, you know, I don't think that's anything to sneeze at. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I think he would be good at it. I think that's the type of thing that you grow into like anything else in life. The more you do it, the better you get at, he might not be too good to start. You know, doing play-by-play -play is totally different than col uh, and color analysts. Play-by-play, they describe what they see, the play is complete, and then the color analyst, you know, does an evaluation of why that happened. I still think Tony Romo is pretty good at it. He gets mm -hmm. paid extremely well with Jim Nance, who gets paid very well, the University of Houston, doing mm -hmm. the play-by-play. -play. They seem they have great chemistry. Yeah. So, yeah, he'll he'll be very good at that. That makes sense. I agree. I think but, it'd be, but it, may, it'd be it may take some time. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, but look, I think he's got a long. He would have a long term contract, so he's got time to uh, to get used to it and be comfortable. Right. Um, hey, the next topic. Obviously, we got to talk about the NBA. There's a lot of topics to discuss. The first one being Jamal Ryan, right? So the Grizzlies were not doing great 
before mm -hmm. he returned uh, after his 25 game suspension, right? But now yeah. he's back, played very well, he's playing very well. I think the Grizzlies are getting better. Uh, what's your take on his return? Well, he again, the commissioner seems to have very intimate relations with the players that are uh, being disciplined. You know, he has meetings with them. He, he asks them, how are they doing? Like, he's very yeah. cooperative. He's not punitive, it, it would be my observation. So he had a meeting. They had followed the guidelines about the whole pictures with guns and things of that nature, that he's a role model. And he was playing very well. And then all of a sudden he got injured. So now, mm -hmm. he, you know, when you get injured, you're still getting paid. When you're suspended, in most cases, you don't get paid. And we're talking millions and millions of dollars, right? So that's what happened. It's that and simple. by the way, yeah, he, he did. Uh, I saw a comment that he made, an interview, I think it was, when he dunked on Wemby. And mm -hmm. he said, you guys want to get me to dunk on Wemby for Christmas as a Christmas present. Here you go. I did it. Mm -hmm. And I just thought I was like, come on, you know. You don't well, have to make the sense of comment. You're a little sensitive to your fellow Frenchman, Wemby. You know, that's that's your guy. He's your poster yeah. child. He's the new Tony Parker. So, uh, you know, I, I I didn't actually see that, but I'm sure he said that. But he, well, Wemby's doing just fine. Yeah, we're spring the next topic, right? So uh, there's a big race uh, for Rookie of the Year, right? <laughs> Wemby's one. Uh, the, the other guy is uh, Chad, I think, for OKC. Chess. Chet Holmgren, yeah, I looked it up. Chet Holmgren from the from the uh, OKC Thunder, he's probably number one. Your guy with Spurs is number two. Uh, Jamie J Jasquez from the Miami Heat's having a great year as a rookie. Brandon Miller from the Hornets, and yep. then Rick Lively from the Mavericks. Right now, they are the current halfway through the season here. Almost, they are the most likely to make the uh, the year in that order. Do you believe that – so what do you think is going to win? Do you think it's going to be uh, Wemby? It's going to be Chad? We've still, still got about three months uh, from the point of where we're doing this uh, podcast, about three months left. So I still think it's wide open. But uh, I think uh, that your guy will win it, and I think Chet should have won it. Um, you think I, you think Wemby will win it? I, I do. I do. I mean, he just gets so much exposure. Uh, but Chet Holmgren, who, of course, had that freak accident at the, in Vegas uh, during the rookie camp last year, that would have been 2022. Um, this is his second year in the league, um, but he uh, didn't get to play last year because of that terrible uh, knee, knee injury. He's awesome. I mean, he's playing great. The, the, mm -hmm. the Thunder can't ask him to do anything more than, than he's doing. So and OKC's uh, playing well. OKC's playing really well right now, too. Yeah, no doubt. It's a flip of the coin. Um, there's not much else to do at OKC, but go see the Thunder. So, you know, I I, I would lean his way, but uh, I'm sure you want Wemby to win it. I mean, I, I guess my, what I was thinking is, okay, well, the Spurs are not doing well. They're one of the worst teams in the league right now. So isn't it more fair to give the, the Rookie of the Year to Chad because they're doing better? I think so. Right? I would, I would agree with that. Okay. Well, we'll see. I mean... You know how I feel about this one, but you know you also you also have to be objective, right? Uh, um, I I think so. And yep. do you believe that Wemby will be uh in uh, in the All Star game this year? Uh well, he'll certainly be in the uh, future, you know, rookie game. Um, yeah, I think both him and Chet should be in the All Star game. 
Okay. I think those two should definitely be in the all-star game as rookies. You can do that. Right. Okay. Larry Bird did it. Magic Johnson did it. Like, you know, it can be done. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, hey, the, another big topic in the NBA is the return uh, of, uh, I mean, Draymond Green, right, from the Warriors. He's yes. being reinstated. Um, I watched his, his, the interview that he gave. You know, he was apologizing. Uh, he said he had some time for himself, for his family. Right. Uh, right. He's a new guy. So what's your take on, on the Warriors? I mean, the Warriors really need him because they're not playing that great. So they need him to be back, right, to do better. Right. right. So – you know, Michigan State, undersized power forward, I guess, would be the term we'd use. He brings – he does the dirty work that some of the stars of Golden State don't want to do. But the yeah. guy's got, obviously, anger issues when he punched his own teammate in practice. And then yeah. it's what thing was recently with that vicious uh, elbow or hit. Uh, you know, you know you've got problems when your own coach bails on you, right, and doesn't try to defend mm-hmm. you. But, and says, you know, you got to go to therapy. You, 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 I mean, this isn't something that's going to be solved with a two-game suspension. So he's been away for weeks and weeks. Again, he met with the commissioner, Silva, and, uh, and, and it, was, it was, hey, we're here for you. Hey, we want to help you get to a better place. Like, it, it's, it's very much uh, inclusive. And, uh, of course, the players' unions love that. Um, and not trying to discipline him that way. But, you know, if there's one more altercation like this, I, I, I don't know why we have him in the NBA. I really don't. Like, it, it's pretty bad. It's pretty yeah, bad. Steve Kerr says, you know, he, you know, stop blaming everybody around you and take a long look in the mirror about your temper. Do you think you he's know? doing that? I think he did do that. I, th- I, th- I think he has met with professionals to try to figure out why, why he just snaps like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and, and there's a lot of back and forth for those of us that remember the eighties and nineties, you know, how would he have done with Charles Oakley? How would he have done with Anthony Mason? How would he do with some of the real tough guys back in the day yeah. in the NBA? And uh, I assure uh, Rick Mahorn, Bill Lambeer, when it was just a, a really a bully brawl league, uh, he he would have got his butt handed to him. There's no question. You think so? Oh yeah. I mean, it, he would never get away with the crap that he's doing. You know, he he never would have got away with that. People would have addressed that on the on the floor. He would have tried to shoot, and they just would have taken his head off. What I that reminds me of a uh, an incident that happened between um, I think it was the one of the players from the Miami Heat. Uh-huh. Uh, he retired, I believe. Um, uh, I'm forgetting his name, but anyway, he got smacked in the face, uh, uh-huh. and then D-Wade got smacked after that, and then he went after the guy. He hit him in the face. Yeah, it's called okay. enforcers. You know, hockey had it for years and years and years, but then they studied that, you know, if you do get the penalty, uh, your the other team scores on a power play. It isn't, you know, the, the punishment isn't worth the crime. You, you know, the punishment is severe. You lose the game. So that there's not as much violence in hockey um, but yeah, these are enforcers. These are intimidating. Maurice Lucas going back to the seventies with Bill Walton. Bill Walton was a great player, UCLA, great player with the trailblazers, but you know, he, he was a little more of a finesse guy. Well, he yeah. needed some to protect him. Well, that was Maurice Lucas from Marquette and he, he's a Western PA guy. Uh, that was that, that's what you had, you know, they would do the dirty work for you, you know, and Trey Mon would just put another one of those. There just doesn't seem to be anybody in the NBA that plays the way he does now. I mean, yeah, you I go to. 
you you look back at Michael Jordan's videos, him and Scottie Pippen, they'd go to the front of the rim and the Pistons would just take their legs out. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it was, it wasn't good. You know, it was yeah. a very, very low scoring half court physical games. Yep. Yep. I mean, Draymond needs some, I mean, he, he needs help, right? I mean, he needs He's to be the consistent only one because... playing like this. The nobody else that you can name plays the way he does today. No, you're right. hundred percent. No, 100%. no, I know. Yeah. Hey, the next topic I want to cover is uh, so Eric Spolstra, the uh-huh, longtime uh-huh. Miami Heat coach, uh-huh. signed a big contract of uh-huh. 120 million dollars. I think it's worth all the all the money, all the penny, right? Uh-huh. But what's interesting is that his his ex wife came out and and on social media, right? Do you want to talk uh-huh. about that? Well, first let's talk about. Uh, you know, Eric Sportsman well, first, know, and then let's I, talk about beautiful. I think for all our young viewers that are listening, you, you, we, you always, and I try to be this, you know, as their professor, you, you need someone that's going to mentor you and champion you and, and help guide you, right? Yeah. And that's not always telling you how great you are, like tell you where you, what you do well, where you can improve on business yeah. situations. And Pat Riley has been that for Eric Spolstra uh since the mid to late 90s when he started as the video coordinator he mentored him all the way through and they i mean he makes 15 million a year he's got to be one of the highest paid coaches in any sport uh right now at 15 million a year right it was it was eight years and it was 120 million so that basically doubled his salary previously when he got divorced back in 16 he was making eight million a year so I don't know. People troll and do all this nasty stuff on social media um, with her. I don't know why they just can't leave her alone now. And, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. getting involved in that with uh, Nikki Sapp. But uh, that was unfortunate. Some people saying some things about her. But, you know, guess what? She's living comfortably, too. And we don't know what happened between no. them. And it's not for us to judge. You know, it's not people, our business. Yeah. It's not our business. So, so you know, I'm happy for Eric. He, he, he was adopted He's Asian and he was adopted by the great John Spolstra and probably mm-hmm. people know who John is, but some people don't, younger people don't, but he was the Portland trailblazers vice president of sales. And he did techniques that nobody else was doing in the NBA back mm-hmm. in the seventies and early eighties. And then uh, he was a, he is a professor, I think an adjunct professor at Portland state. And then he went to the Nats and he did things there that had not been done before when they were the New Jersey mm-hmm. Nets. He actually was the general manager of the Denver Nuggets at one point. So that's his dad. And yep. uh, they don't necessarily look alike, but uh, they're both extremely successful in the NBA in different ways. Um, so, yeah, that's that situation. And he got him a job at a Miami Heat as a video analyst, I think, back in the day. And right. Eric, you know, obviously did it all, you know, made it all the way up to the as a head coach. So. Right. You know, yeah, you know. moving up through the organization and, you know, they had some success. They won some championships back in 08 and then again, 06 and then again. So, uh, yeah, he, he obviously Pat Riley is a big believer, excuse me, in Eric Spolstra. Yeah, for sure. Hey, last talk. Well, two other topics I want to quickly cover in the NBA. One is uh, Mark Cuban, right? Yes. Uh, agreed to give a, a $35 million in bonuses to the Dallas Mavericks employees after he sold a, a good chunk of his ownership uh, to a group, right? So it's a nice gesture, I think, for him to do that. Uh, I'd love to get your feedback on that. And the other topic that just came out last night, I didn't tell you about this, mm-hmm. but the NBA issued a report that is sent to all the NBA team about load management. 
right? And we've heard the stories about Kawhi Leonard and all mm -hmm. the controversies, but the report says there is no direct correlation. I'm just trying to summarize, right? Between load management and preventing injuries. Okay. So I'd love to get your, your take on those two topics. Well, I mean, some of the older guys that are on TNT, like Charles Barkley and uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Kenny Smith, and the rest of them, they like, you know, look, we're paying you 40 million a year, 20 million a year. Like, you know, if you have to play Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, then that's what you have to do. Yeah. No, the practices are usually very light. You know, we see this in the NFL too. Some people are like, oh, the NFL's real sloppy. Well, the players' union, you know, they don't want hard practices with helmets and pads, especially toward the end of the season. And yeah. and they grant that, right? The, the the owners grant that. So load. No, I wouldn't compare a basketball game with a football game, but um, I I don't know why. Um, I I probably would agree with that that I don't think injuries are caused. Uh, I do think it, it, you could probably prolong your career from wear and tear a little bit uh, mm -hmm. on their bodies because, you know, that is the instrument that they use to make their money is their bodies, right, as, mm -hmm. as athletes. And, um, you know, I, it's just very disappointing back in the day you'd say, well, hey, I bought a ticket to Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. What if Mike doesn't play? You know, you're talking about guys like John Stockton and, and Michael Jordan. They paid 82 games. They would pay four games in five nights. Now, that at the end of that fourth game, you are tired, right? But they played all 82 games. It's getting a little disappointing and frustrating when you pay a lot for tickets, and I don't get to see the Stars play. And the Spurs are big at this, uh, sitting guys out. So, yeah, that that's I'm not surprised by that. But and I and I and I sent it over to a friend, the NBA. Uh, he did say that um, his comment was, you know, you believe it's a narrow study to help uh, the NBA build their business model, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they they got to show that they're in support of the fans, right? Because if, right. if somebody's buying a big a ticket to go see a big NBA player, he's sitting, he's not playing, right? That's disappointing, right? For the NBA and I'm sure for the fans, right? So we had that year 2020 when they had the championship that the Lakers won with LeBron in like October yeah. or whatever that was. And then they're like, well, we're not starting the season until like February the next year, which would have been what the 2020, 21 season. Mm -hmm. And then the commissioner sat down with LeBron and D Wade and the other guys that are the, uh, that are the leaders of the players union and said, hey, guys, you know, just from a TV standpoint, the NFL is winding down. We have to. We have to start the season no later than Christmas Day. And, the, and they showed them all the revenue, television and things. And they're like, OK, all right, we're going to do an abbreviated season or we're going to extend it into the summer, which I think they had the next year. It was in June or maybe even July of 2021. They pushed it all the way back. Um, so, you know, there, there's give and take on both sides on this issue and mm -hmm. uh you know they, they come up like anything else it's a negotiations you where, where do we have common ground um because they have to prorate their salaries if they don't play 82 games you know the, the season so yeah it, it's uh you can't disappoint the fans too much yeah makes sense hey well let's move on to another topic and let's talk about pro golf and the leave and the pga well, we didn't, uh, julian i just want to circle back to mark cuban real fast uh you yes. mentioned we didn't talk about it. He sold all but 27% of the Mavericks. He still owns 27% and he's going to run the sports side of the sports business for an unset amount of time. Uh, 
but the new owners are uh, uh, Delson and Dumet, Dumont families, and they've got most of their money. And this has all been league approved by two thirds. The seventy five percent of the owners signed off. Yeah. The widow of the Las Vegas Sands Casino. That's where the money's coming from. Now, now, Mark. In 2000, 24 years ago, he paid $285 million for the team. The team mm-hmm. sold for $3.5 billion. Okay, so that's the difference between $3,215 million versus $285 million. So that is a profit. Uh, it's a profit for him of uh, roughly uh, $3,000 million. <laughs> what, so, three, what, three billion so he, took, he took roughly 10 percent of that and he sprinkled amongst all the employees with the agreement with the new family that owns it and and their participation so that was extremely generous uh, you changed lives there is the formula that's based on how many years of service you had full-time with the organization and mm-hmm. uh that that's great now that wasn't the highest that a team had ever sold for also in 2023 earlier, the Phoenix Suns, now you got to compare apples and apples, not apples and oranges. It did include the Mercury team, the WNBA team, mm-hmm. $4 billion for the Phoenix Suns and the Mercury. Mm-hmm. So that's $4,000 million versus uh, $3,500 million. So that's where we're at with that. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's extremely generous. He's obviously a local guy here. graduated Mount Lebanon High School here in Pittsburgh in 76 and then Bloomington, Indiana in 1980. So I tip my hat to Mark Cuban being very generous. And, and he's changed some lives of people that were very loyal to him for the last 24 years. Yeah, I think it's a great gesture from him. And uh, so all power to him for doing that. So I think lots of people would have not done that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. So that's great. Hey, so uh, next topic I want to cover is obviously pro golf. Uh, there's a couple of things going on. Uh, one, I think Rory McIlroy came out and made some criticism towards the PGA, but I think you said he, he backed out of that. And then uh, obviously we don't know, I still don't know what's going to happen between the, the Leaf Golf League and the PGA. Are they mm-hmm. still going to merge? I think it's TBD right now. And then obviously Tiger Woods uh, walked away from his partnership with Nike. Now, where is he going to go? You know, it's kind of everybody's guess right now. So what are your take on all those topics? Uh, Liv is doing well. They're strong and prosperous. Uh, Rory McIlroy, he backed away. He didn't apologize, but he said, I may have had to rush the judgment uh, on Liv. I, uh, you know, shouldn't have been so harsh on my colleagues that jumped to Liv because, Mm -hmm. frankly, he doesn't have a choice. Yeah. Uh, what some consider the best player in golf, John Ram, he just uh, signed with Liv too. Mm-hmm. So uh, get on board, Rory. This is going to happen with or without you. So you might as well uh, agree to it if you want to keep getting paid to be to be a uh, to be a golfer, a pro golfer. Uh, Liv doesn't really care how much money they lose. They're just the, the oil wells aren't going to last forever. They're trying to be accepted in the West. That would be in Europe and in the United States. And what better way to take a high-end, wealthy sport like golf and make it mainstream? Mm-hmm. And one day they'll probably go after tennis. And yep. uh, that's what they're doing. And and uh, 
you know, we all got to get on board. I mean, that, that it's not going, they're not going anywhere and P, PGA better just accept the terms and move on. Yep. And then what about Tiger and moving away from Nike? What do you well, think he's going to go? They've been together for almost 27 years, uh, yep. going back right out of Stanford and, uh, well over 500 million plus for, for Tiger. Uh, I think it was a classy ending. It wasn't ugly at all. Some people say he's going to go to TaylorMade with the golf golf clubs and things. Some people say he's going to go to Adidas. I don't think anything's etched in stone, but there'll be someone that would love to have his endorsement and uh, and come up with a salary for him to to do that. Yep. Uh, well, hey, the last topic I wanted to cover is European soccer, right? Yes. On the biggest topic is Mbappe, right? So uh, on January first. Is basically right now free to negotiate w- w- whichever team he wants to, uh, so that he can sign a contract with a new team um, in the summer, right? Uh, yeah. Now there's reports today saying that Real Madrid, right, uh, asked him and they gave him a deadline, which is today, to tell them if he's going to go with Real Madrid, right? Yeah. Whether yes. it's true or not, and apparently Real Madrid, uh, they they. They said that to the, to the media. They went to the media and, and licked it, right, uh-huh. to put pressure on him. Uh-huh. Now, everybody knows that, you know, Mbappe wants to go to Real Madrid. That That's the, the club when he was growing up as a kid that he wants to go to. Now, there's other reports saying that Liverpool might be a good, not a good option um, because the Premier League, in my opinion, is the best league in the world as far as soccer, right? Now, right. Real Madrid is the best club in the world for soccer. Um, so I think it's everybody's guess. Uh, if I had to guess, I would say Real Madrid, uh, just because that's his favorite club. And the last thing I would say is he's asking apparently for s- between seventy and eighty million dollars a year in contract, which is pretty good, right? As a soccer player. Wow. So uh, because look, he's he's very ambitious, and you know, you think he's worth all the money, and uh, you know, so and the last option might be, hey, I'm gonna he's gonna stay for and play for PSG. PSG can give him whatever money he wants, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. They're willing to just pay him whatever he's asking for. So um, so right now it's still TBD. How to tell where he's going to go. If I had to bet, I would say Real Madrid. Right, right. Um, you know, you know, you're on top of that much better than I am. Uh, you know, is, he, is he the greatest player in the world right now? I mean, you would know that. Well, I think between him and Haaland, uh, it's very close. Um, obviously, Messi is pretty much, you know, he's on the way out. But yeah, I think it's very, very close between him and Haaland right now. So right, and when the guys are on the way out, why not come to Miami and make another big splash and make some money the way Bend It Like Beckham did way back uh, in um, in the early two thousands, right? And I and think it, that yeah, to that point, I think Mbappe, when he's close to retirement, he's probably going to go to the MLS. I think there's no question. He keeps coming to the states in New York, watch NBA, you know, NBA games. So just uh-huh. like Antoine Griezmann, another great French player. Uh, he pretty much said, look, is, I want to go to the MLS. So it's it's going to happen. I think Mbappe is probably going to go to the MLS at some, at some point. Well, they'll figure it out eventually before the season starts. For sure, yeah. So, look, um, we, we're at the end of the podcast, but I want to thank you again for your great insights. Uh, so thanks again, uh, Ron. Thank you, Julian. It was fun. Thank have you. A great, have a great week. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To access past episodes and other research, articles, and analysis of sports technology, 
please visit our website, theupside.us. Subscribe to the Upside newsletter and receive full access to our sports tech business letter and website. Royalty-free music is provided by ibaudio.com. The Upside podcast provides timely insights and interviews with global leaders in sports technology. Until next time, keep looking to the Upside.